This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and I'm feeling quite jolly, actually, because I'm back in my natural habitat. We're back in the pub. We're in the Globe here, West London, which is just down the road from New Griffin Park, just down the road from Griffin Park, which we always come before the match, after the match, just whenever we can get down here. And I feel a lot better because I've I've had too too many pots in the virtual joint recently, and no knock in the virtual joint, but it's always good to sit around in the boozer with me chums and I'm, my name is Billy Grant and I've finally got over that absolutely horrendous journey back from Burnley on Saturday which saw us lose 3-1 to Burnley it wasn't a great journey back and we will talk about that in the podcast here but I'm going to sit here with me chums and I'm going to hand you over to them I've got Laney in the house Laney how are you how was, how was your Burnley trek but I know we had the weekend review and we talked about it very briefly but You've had a few more days to kind of almost like not thaw out and just kind of like undecompose yourself, haven't you? Or decompose. Yeah, I have, but I've got, I've got to go all the way up there again tomorrow. So, I mean, you know, so I've, I've, I've got, just got back from Burnley and I'm going all the way up there again tomorrow. I've got, I mean, I talked about going to Hampton Bridge, but you've obviously just taken up my call and you decided to beat me to it, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I've, I've found the, in the Miners Club, they, was, they were serving beer from, from 9am at £1.80 a pint and it was just too good an opportunity. So I'm skipping up there again tomorrow. So what time are you leaving? Five in the morning? Get there for nine? Yeah, yeah. Four, four hours, four and a half. Maybe half four. Now, I need to go out and d- deliver uh, some books so um, I'm, I'm not particularly happy about it if I'm honest with you but you know it's, it's a pie and a pint for less than three quid there so uh, yeah no I've, I, I, apart from that the football yeah I've, I've just about got over I can't believe it's Wednesday already and we're getting our head in, in sort of match mode again for Norwich's visit on Saturday uh, lots of, lots and lots to talk about um, Norwich have had an awful start and we've had an awful last three matches so there's quite a lot of stake better jeopardy again yes, there's a lot of stake I'm going to say to you as well Laney to be fair to be fair if we were in the championship now okay if we were in the championship 
we would actually have played another game and we would actually got our minds out of that game at the weekend, wouldn't we? Because, I mean, again, I keep looking at it and it's unbelievable the amount of games that they play. I mean, you don't realise it when you're in the thick of it, but, you know, the fact is that they played at the weekend and then all of a sudden, bang, there's a whole lot of championship matches on Tuesday night, then there's a whole lot tonight, where it's Wednesday night now as well. And it's just on a, it's a different level, isn't it? I mean, those, those players, them teams, you've got to tip your hat to them. Yeah, and it shows you what an incredible job that we did last year. I'm not going to hark back to, to last season, but for us to, to have had those like, less than two weeks between the seasons, um, for us to regroup, go again and, and, and you know, forge a promotion campaign without Norgard for a lot of it, I still think that's a, it's a remarkable achievement. Um, and uh, you know, we're, we're a Prem team because we coped with that. We, we wouldn't be coping with that this season, I don't think. I think it's... I think if, if we hadn't gone up last year, we'd be struggling this. OK, big call that. And also, we've got the Allard in the house. The Allard, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, back from Burnley as well. Uh, it was a Saturday night. Jeez, that was a journey back. But the only way we could look at it was was you had to you have to do something to look forward to. So, you know, to try and make the journey, something to look forward to. So we, we, we booked a curry. Um, Indian restaurant and um, and just aimed for that and got back in time for a couple of beers and a curry and so Saturday night turned out not to be quite as bad as it felt. <laughs> it's all good. So listen, we've uh, we've got an action packed uh, podcast for you as well. Like I said, to you enter the pub, we normally go off on a bit of rambling mode, so just bear with us on this one, like you know. But we've got the usual characters in the house. We've got Will, the spreadsheet winker. He's got his stats on the Burnley game, and also he's looking forward to the Norwich game as well. As you know, Norwich haven't won a game all season, which is actually you know Brentford fans are actually getting very nervous about that because you know it could go horribly wrong when you come against a team that's actually never won a game, didn't you? As well, we've got JB, um, Jonathan Birchill as well in the house. He's got some facts and some more funk as well. We've got Chris from talk Norwich City the Norwich City podcast as well he's uh, he's going to give us the lowdown on Norwich as well so you can check him out later uh, what else we got as well we got you know we're going to talk about plenty of things that we're going to talk about but tell you something yeah, because I, I was calling you um, on the way down because I've said listen we've got to meet for the pub forever you know production meeting before the, 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 the podcast now and you're like, sorry, Bill, I can't talk at the moment. Now I'm flipping through and having to look at a few shirts and a few goalkeeper tops and the, there's a few books I'm looking at. And you'd uh, take the saunter over to the old superstore, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more that you, both of you announced you were going to be late, so I had to fill <laughs> 20 minutes. Um, and I thought, why not? The new Brentford superstore. Um, take a little wander, use my route to the globe via the superstore. Bumped into somebody also looking for the superstore on the way. I was, I was just about confident enough to point them in the direction I was heading in that I knew exactly where it was. In my head, I knew where it was, but I hadn't really checked, and I was quite happy to sort of wander around trying to find it. Um, but I felt a bit more pressure when I was also telling somebody it was where I thought it was. And, um, yeah, I popped in there, and it, to be honest, what my, my sort of overreaching thoughts as I walked in there was, this is kind of Premier League. Um, it... It's how I sort of, you know, when you visit, sometimes you might visit a, t- a club that's in the Premier League or you might, for some reason, be somewhere. I remember being in Manchester and, and um, heading to Old Trafford and, um, and, and they've got a superstore like that. And it, and it yeah, I, it, it, it kind of felt it quite super? Premier League. Was it actually super? It's, it's super, yeah. I mean, it's a super. What, what, what is super? What, what determines super? I mean, supermarkets, are they super? Yeah. yeah, so it was pretty super. I mean, it was super compared to anything we've seen before, um, and that's that's no offence to uh, anybody involved with the previous. Bought a cabin, and you know, but it, but it's a different. It's completely different. You just walk in there, the lighting's as it should be. 
and and there's just there's there's stuff everywhere. There's colours everywhere. There's some books. Mannequins. Mannequins. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There is mannequins. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think there was even some some of the. Um, shirts from um, Saturday's game you know the away shirt with the poppy um, and I had a little look and saw the, the players names on the back so I, I came across Norgards whether they I don't, don't know if they're the ones they wore because um, I, I know that they are there's um, I think they're raising some money aren't they um, by um, uh, selling those online but but I don't see why else they'd be there, to be honest, what else they were. So I guess they were either the ones they wore or they might be their spares or something like that. But they, they were lined up there as well. Yeah, I mean, I was at the Superstore a couple of weeks ago. I did a TV for there as well. Again, it was, uh, like I said it was one of those Premier League World ones where it goes around to 135 countries around the world. So if you're from the international B, if you're like from, you know, in Dubai or in Southeast Asia, you probably would have seen it, but none of us have seen it over here as well. So, But that was my first venture into the Superstore as well. And I was actually... I was quite impressed you know they've got loads of stock loads of stock that's actually not quite in as well like you know what I'm saying you know I tried to look for the new goalkeeper shirt and that's out of stock till I think it's probably till after Christmas if not till the end of the year or next year or something like that so I think there's a lot of sort of stock issues out there but you don't take this from me I think you need to check with them as well but in general like I said to you there's lots of stuff good stuff the staff are in there quite well staffed as well and uh, but the thing that I was quite surprised about because what I did is the first thing I did I, I sort of walked up to it and I started to bang the sides of it trying to pull it pull it apart because I'm thinking this thing is like it's gone up in such a ridiculously short amount of time how did they do that so uh, we kind of did our besotted uh, research and apparently it took two months for it to like to go up it got completely gutted and then it got rebuilt and we got all the panels and everything like that if you haven't seen it it's right by the Great West Road you can see the branding it's got Ivan Tony, the big photograph of Ivan Tony sort of kind of doing the big sort of celebration with everyone bundling you know bundling I can't remember which game that was actually which game Liverpool was it a Liverpool game I can't remember which game it was but you know all the players are bundling on top of him and Ivan Tony's doing that it's a massive photograph on the side of the Superstore actually it looks quite impressive and like I said to you went up in two weeks totally gutted and come back again and uh and yeah i mean and and it's there but the the, the reason why i was a bit confused about this because it is a good beacon for brentford is that i'm sure when we were building the stadium we scrapped the the superstore and the and the hotel and everything we said we're not going to do any of these things so i was actually really surprised to see a shop um at all with you lady yeah, I was. I was relieved as well because you know it was. Uh, I, I didn't agree. <clears throat> didn't agree with them not having one because it was all. It was always a sensible thing to have, um, and uh, it's, it is. It remains a sensible thing to have. Probably even more so now we're in the prem. But uh, yeah, I, I think when, when you've got foot, that kind of footfall coming past on a match day, um, pe- people want to buy stuff. They do, and you know they want to buy shirts. And yeah. Online is the you know the majority of the transactions I would imagine that they, they process and fulfil now are people that go on, on online. But you can't beat going and flicking through stuff and you know as the Allard said you know my books are in there my Griffin Park books if you haven't got it yet um, make sure you do it's it's, it's a work of, it's a work of beauty. Um, um, I'll be plugging that again a little bit more nearer Christmas. But uh, yeah no so I I, I think. It's a, it's a sensible decision, and I'm glad they've done it. I've not been in there myself yet, but you know, there's parking outside, and it's it's all the things that we, we should have. You know, you, you, if you, you ha- com- the commercial side of the club may not be as important as the TV revenue from the Premier League, but it all adds up. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not it's not technically within the stadium as such. You know, it's a, it is 
a little bit of a you just have to walk over it's on the, the other side of the bridge isn't yeah it? exactly yeah um, I found like I said I found somebody that was um, not, not trying to find it so I, I pointed them in a direction and um, and yeah it it's um I, well, one thing I did notice was the 2022 calendar featuring players that hopefully are playing for us in 2022. <laughs> you buy it? Not yet. Because no, you're scared, aren't you? You're going to buy it in February. Yeah, I'm going to. Oh, yeah, make, window. Exactly. Make sure they're playing at least until um, August, September 2022. Yeah. So we, we sort of did a look at again, a little bit of besotted research, just trying to find out what the what the change in tact was from us not going from not a superstore to a superstore. We've you know we've been told actually. Well, it sounds like um, you know our CEO or John John Varney at the moment now he, he's always felt we needed a retail presence, and so uh, he, he put his foot down. And uh, since he's come in, he's been looking around for a, a retail presence, and, and this come 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 about, and so that's why they did it. So uh, I think it's you know it's one of those things where obviously we've gone up to the Premier League, and it's pre- presented us with an opportunity to uh, well, to sell stuff as well. So Varney's he's put he's put, he's put his boot in, said we got a tuck right in, and we have done. So interesting. But if you get a chance, go down there. It's to be fair, it is one of those things where it is always good to walk around have a little bit of a feel have a, have a little bit of a stroke you know you can even try a few things on and stuff like that can you nick anything uh, no no I did not steal anything lady no, 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 none of that going on at all like you know but I have total respect for the football club so yeah so anyway that's all good what else is going down as well um, a little bit of sad news as well um, Colin Ryan big Brentford fan lives up in Hanwell as well only 47 years old and very sadly passed away very recently so on Saturday there's going to be a 70 minute um, moment of respect paid to, to Colin like I said to you who, played, uh, who passed away very very sadly and like I said to you we always like to pay respects to all our bees family out there and this has come very much out of the blue you know he's got a family obviously he's got a wife and he's got a couple of kids as well so like I said to you this is a really really sad moment but like I said we're going to pay our respects to Colin on Saturday aren't we Laney? Yeah, it gives um, gives us all an opportunity to kind of just take a moment and run and reflect on you know losing a, a fellow Brentford fan. Um, yeah, all our all our thoughts are, all our thoughts are with him, and um, if you know, ho- hopefully uh, the, the the players can do the business on the pitch for him as well. Yeah, so let let's um, you know remember him in the seventeenth minute on um, on Saturday, and um, you know I think I think we know that it's not a secret that, that Colin suffered with depression and. And I think it's, you know, it's a good time to remind people that if you are in a bad place, reach out, whether you're at the football, whether you're in the pub, maybe you're in the pub with us or your football, the person you sit next to, don't forget to talk as much as you can. Definitely. I mean, obviously the pandemic, as we all know, it has really, really, really driven some people into sort of really bad places. So again, Brentford family here, you know, I know there's a lot of people, you know, on, on social media, say if you, if you want to reach out do definitely reach out but I think that you know for yourselves and for anybody that's out there if you need to talk to somebody definitely 100% do it because it may sound silly but it actually can really really help you know if you just talk to somebody yeah I mean Campaign Against Living Miserably Calm is a charity that, that, that sort of like is there for men who, who are struggling and some, it's a charity that's close to our hearts um, we've raised money um, for them at the socials um, so yeah if, if you look up Calm um, if you're struggling um, they've got a, a phone line that you can call as well as the Samaritans um, so it's always good to talk 
is always someone there to help you and even if you're uh, in a situation that you can't see the end of you can't see a way out of it's you know life is precious um, speak to someone and see if they can help you get past whatever situation you're currently coping with indeed indeed so anyway looking just looking forward to next week it's international week next week and sometimes what we do with international week we actually just take the week off because we're so knackered we're going to take the week off I'm, I'm, i've actually i've actually booked a flight to san marino right you know what i'm saying so uh, just as you do <laughs> just thought i've flight to san marino so international week i'm going to be out of here anyway but we have got a podcast for you we're flipping up the script and we've got uh, the girls in the house as well. You know, we've got the campaign Her Game 2, which you may or may not know about, but you will do by next week. It's a campaign to fight sexism in football, basically. You know, it's founded by 12 passionate female football fans committed to growing the campaign with the aim of fostering an ethos in football in which women are welcomed and respected equally. So we're going to have the girls in the house here, mixture of girls from different clubs as well, as well as Brentford girls. And we're going to do a different podcast for you. You should definitely check that out. It's going to be next week. So we'll be uh, plugging that and letting you know. And any women out there, any girls out there, if you've got any stories that you want to tell, please just besotted1992 at gmail.com. DM us on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. Well, actually, not Instagram because we don't check that very much. But the rest of them, get hold of us because we'd love to get your stories in there, positive stories or negative stories, you know, and we can actually include it as part of that podcast next week. But anyway, because we come to the pub, we need to go to the bar and get ourselves a drink. And then we're going to come back and we're going to, unfortunately, talk about that game up at Burnley. So on Saturday, Brentford travelled to Burnley. Turf Moor for the first time in, in quite a few years, actually, because they got promoted from the Championship, oh, I don't know when it was, about five or six or maybe even seven years ago. It's quite, quite a while back. So, uh, you know, we haven't beat the Turf Moor for quite a while and uh, they hadn't won all season. All seasons, typical Brentford. And uh, I think maybe we might have gone there a little bit complacent. I don't know. Or maybe we just went there a little bit off kilter or maybe we were just knackered after Stoke but whatever it was we got a right good pounding up there and uh, and we came away with our tails between our legs listen I could talk about what happened the, the lads here could talk about what happened but I thought let's best go to listen to the fans both Burnley and Brentford fans after the game and they could tell you exactly what went wrong for us and what went right for Burnley from the first minute we just weren't at it very disappointed with the first goal sloppy uh, sloppy pass and from then on we just we i thought we would kick on try and get back into the game then we scored to concede the second and the third goal it was class from corner but I, I feel like defensively we should have done better second half we did we did all right tried to get back into the game had a few off chances the goal was good but overall just the general performance was poor um and yeah we just went at it I think sometimes you've got to hold your hand up. Burnley done us. They were the better side today. We were second to everything. It's one of them, Bill. It's simple, isn't it? Sometimes you don't show up, and today we didn't show up. It seemed like they wanted it more. Their passes were more accurate. Our passing was terrible, I thought, especially out of defence. Picking out a good player for us today would not be an easy task because I think they all had a fairly, at best, average game. And sadly, you know, I don't be too critical, but Force just, you know... A lot of Brentford players were giving the ball away today, but Force looks a bit isolated. We need we need Brian back up there. Keeper couldn't have done anything on the goals, but unfortunately his kicking wasn't quite the same as Raya's, and I think we are going to miss Raya big time. I'm sure it'll be all right, but yeah, we're definitely going to miss his distribution, Raya's distribution. So, but. 
think Dyche has given him a good talking to, hasn't he? I mean, we've been, we just haven't, well, we just haven't won anything. What's been going on? We can score, but our defence has been a bit poor. I think he's, he's, he's had a bit of a row with them. He's put them right. He's sort of said, look, you know, we need to do better. Brentford have been great this season. You know, you deserve it of your place. But we needed to win today, big time. We really did. So I think if we didn't, we're, we're down in the relegation zone for the rest of the, rest of the season. I think there was a chance for us to win, yeah. Um, I was surprised it came against Brentford, to, to be honest. You've been playing really well. You've been pressing hard. You've been looking really good. With Ole Ole Corne, we've always got a chance, I think. You, I think, a bit underestimated us. And then we just completely dominated the game. And as fans, we I mean, personally, as a fan, we didn't really expect it. And we were just... I, I was personally I was just happy to score one goal and have a shot on target and by the time we scored two or three we were just completely up for the game and we, we just seemed to defend well attack well control the midfield uh, and I was just yeah completely flawed by it really we, we just had a plan for your attack you had a plan for our defence and we counter-attacked it and you just didn't turn up with Mark Tony out of the game, he had that one shot in the in the first half where he was where he had a free shot. We got a bit lucky with the save, but from then on, we felt like we needed to eye hawk him and to mark him out of the game because he, he was a goal threat, and our defence switched on from there up there far, and you know from there far we just controlled the game. Burnley played really well. They 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 dealt with us. They absolutely dealt with us. They took their chances. I mean, we couldn't have had any complaints if it was four or five at half-time. And that, given how well we've played so far this season, that is that is quite something to say, isn't it? That is quite something to say. I mean, we've we've not been out-battled like that in the Premier League so far. And that, that was it, was, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. Hey, you know, some days you've got to accept that this is going to be a very tough league to get a result in. Disappointing that we've come to Burnley and not come away with anything. But we'll have other disappointments over the course of the season and hopefully we'll live and we'll learn from this. So there you have it. The fans, Burnley fans, Brentford fans in Burnley after the game. Uh, you know, sound quite jolly. Um, we all sound sort of fairly jolly because to be quite honest with you, we... Um, we, we, if you don't laugh, if you don't laugh, you cry, won't you? You know what I'm saying? And you didn't want to cry anymore. So, but we lost that game. We all said fair and square we lost that game. You know, we, we, there's no airs and graces with us. Like, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we've had a really good run. Interestingly, you know, talking about the last time, you know, that, that we've lost that game, an away game, because that, I think that was the weird thing about it as well. Having to travel to an away game physically as a fan. And not lose and, and losing, you know what I'm saying? That 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 is that, that's the weird thing, and probably talk about that a little bit later when we go to JB. But myself and Laney, we talked about that game quite a lot on uh, on Sunday, Sunday morning. You know, we talked about that quite a lot, and uh, and the Allard was in there as well, actually, weren't you? You know, Sunday, Sunday morning. No, you weren't in there. Oh, is it, no, it's the Dutchman. The Dutchman. Sorry, oh, I see the grey hairs are gone. <laughs> yeah, he mentioned you. Yeah, so the Dutchman was in there as well. And we talked about it in the weekend review podcast. Check it out, Pride of West London. Really good review. 
it was really good to get that off your chest and we and we sort of nailed down a lot of things you know the, the bees eye catcher the Burnley danger person you know the stinker of the game key moment and we had Natalie from uh, No Nay Never podcast as well gave our opposition view so definitely check that out bridalwest.london but obviously the Allard you weren't on it you know so we have to ask you what your uh, main takeaways were from that Burnley game right Let's start with everyone else's main takeaway from the Burnley game, from how I saw it, was that the back three were... They, they seemed to struggle with the new keeper. The new keeper seemed to struggle um, in terms of his positioning, um, and the centre-forward combination um, just didn't work, and it probably hasn't worked. That's Force, that's Force and, uh, and Ivan Tony. yeah? Yeah. So all of them... And, and who was up in the mid in centre? centre? Sorry? Who was in the centre of, of defence? Well, Pontus, but but who else? But, um, Zanka and Pinnock. That's right, because uh, Ayer is out injured. With Ayer out injured, and then and then you bring a new goalkeeper in, you know, Fernandez, and um, and he's what is he twenty three, twenty four? Um, to be honest, they look like they hadn't played together before, and I guess apart, you know, that he's played in cup games, but that four haven't played together before and it makes you realise you know the understanding with Raya so you had all of those things going on but it seems but actually what I learned from a lot of people around me was it was all Jensen's fault was it well no um, <laughs> you know yeah, Jensen did what Jensen does didn't he he, he, he he's, he's a luxury he's a luxury player that's clear um, and probably if you're um, you're one nil down after five minutes against Burnley, you're already thinking you probably don't need him out on the pitch. Um, but it was yeah, and, and I'm being a bit sort of flippant saying that. But but it it seems that that there were some real problems on Saturday, and it wasn't as simple as one player who actually wasn't part of the problem at all. There was a whole group. It was almost like the perfect storm of of issues that came to the forefront. And then you're playing Burnley, who who, and I think, uh, you know, even if Brentford, even if the team didn't underestimate them, let's be honest, as fans, we did underestimate them. I was really surprised at how good Burnley were, um, and probably I shouldn't have been, because I think there probably were some warning signs. I think they had had some good performances, but you look at the league, you think of the results, and then you think, and then you've watched Chris Wood play for Leeds, and you think, well, you know, got nothing to worry about there, but he was absolutely fundamental you know he 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 ran that forward line like like to be honest we're not seeing Ivan Tony do and I'm not saying that's Ivan Tony's fault I think Ivan Tony is is withdrawing to some extent because that works with um Umbumo. and with force I think it's just a messy combination that doesn't particularly work together but but what you saw with Burnley was a great you know combination up front and um and, th- and they're a good side it so yeah all of that it's we were relatively I don't know about I mean shambolic's not the word but we weren't on it at all Burnley were good 3-1 I mean that's how the game played out and and that's what I watched on the pitch and I mean and I think you know I mean it killed it from the very first minute almost when they scored that goal and even at the time when it came when I saw it on TV it looked slightly different but you know basically the ball came to Pinnock and it looked to me, I thought Pinnock had actually just passed it to their player. But what he did is that he just didn't deal with the, the ball that came in and probably took a bit of took, 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 took a little bit of spin, took a little bit of speed off the ball, which actually went into their player and bang, back in the, in the, in the back of the net. But it's almost like we were half asleep. I, I, I don't know how you could describe it. Yeah, I mean, Pinnock stretched for it. 
you know, and I, and and we know he does have a a hip injury. It's been a little bit ongoing. He's come off in a couple of games, I think. Um, so, you know, hip injury, stretching for it, probably not the best combination. He stretched for it. He didn't make the contact he wanted to make. It pushed it out a little bit. Probably made, you know, Woods' angle even even better than it already was. Um, and, and he did a, I mean he, he scored I would call that a classic Bob Taylor sort of lobbed goal um, you know Bob Taylor used to do that back in the day for us Robert Taylor and, and, and that's what he did you know but it was a bloody good finish as well I mean it was, a, it was almost like took my breath away a bit the finish it was, it was good yeah I mean you're talking about Ethan Pinnock's injury um, <laughs> it's not the only injury that we've got first thing I'm going to say and I keep on saying this that we're not making excuses a lot of teams go oh we've got so many injuries they're making excuses but we're not making excuses but we've got to put it out there that we have got quite a lot of injuries and also people have they said in their sort of Premier League cliches as well oh yeah when you get your injuries in January you're not going to be the same team you're going to be found out our injuries seem to have come a lot quicker and sometimes we get over them but these seem to be affecting us quite badly I mean speaking to people within the club they say look you get injuries all the time and every season you just have to deal with it. So they're being very, very, not blasé, but they're being very matter-of-fact about it in the fact that we've got injuries, just got to deal with it and move forward. But to me, first of all, the, the Raya injury, I was thinking, you know, how bad is a goalkeeper injury? He's a good goalkeeper, but you put another goalkeeper in and as long as the defence does very well and the ball doesn't get next to him, it wouldn't be a problem. But you can see how instrumental David Raya is to the way that we play as well and also Mbumo as well who wasn't playing in this game again no disrespect to force but Mbumo you know he, he keeps on hitting the post yes but the way that he plays the way that he, he comes off Tony the way that he keeps on running at the defences causes problems the whole time you know what I'm saying he knows what he's doing if he's out the side we are a different side completely aren't we well yeah we, yeah we are and we can't expect other players to be exactly the same as the players they're replacing they're, they're, they're different you know Marcus Force isn't Brian and Bumo, and um, Fernandez isn't David Raya, and you, you can't you can't expect the, you can't expect the players to do a carbon copy job. It just doesn't work like that. And you can't be you can't be slagging Force off because he, he doesn't play like Brian and Bumo. But like whoever, whoever thought he, he, he would, you know, they are very very different players. And the fact that um, Marcus Force is prepared to try and be that kind of utility forward is it, it speaks volumes for the player, to be honest, or or, or his you know or his keenness because Ivan Tone you know another striker would just go no I I don't play that role that is that isn't my role you know we we know what Marcus Force is he's a, a running onto the ball in the box clinical finisher he, he he's not a, he, I, I guess he probably could play. With two, he, he could he could be running onto knockdowns um, from Ivan from Ivan Tony. Like if we were playing in a four four two, he might be that second striker. But that's not the way we're playing. We're playing with one up one up top really, and one with more withdrawn, um, playing off one each other, and, and almost like a winger cutting in. He's not he's not that kind of player. And you know Fernandez. He isn't David Raya. There is only one David Raya, and to get it, to expect him to get it right first time, and and sort of like just be that that accomplished, it, it, I think it's a lot to ask. Um, I'm not. It's not to say he won't get there, but there was a, there was a lot that got unravelled at, at Burnley. And when I saw um, Jensen um, starting, I thought, oh, OK, we're, we're going to go at them from the start. We're going to have the possession. We're going to ignore the, the ignore their longer ball. We're going to play it through and we're going to attack, attack, attack. 
and they didn't allow us to do that and all of a sudden you've got a player that's kind of lost lost in the wrong kind of game and again you know as, as Matt said is that really his fault I, I don't think it is I, and, and I think carrying on from your really good point about players replacing players is you can argue in that lineup replacing Jan out in our best lineup is Jensen I mean I mean, he's probably even more different. Jensen and Janel are so polar opposite that they are Forsen and Bumo, you know, that they're just the opposite type of player. So to expect them to do the same sort of things isn't, it's just not going to happen. But, you know, Jensen is a player that needs possession, he needs the ball at his feet, and then when he's got the ball at his feet, if he's got people around him making space, he will find them. Janel is, is your, he's the guy that runs through players, he's the guy that picks up loose balls, and he's the guy that turns you quickly from defence into attack they're really different I, and, and that's it exactly so do you, you have to sort of re-imagine the team when you, when you have these changes and maybe play a different way, if you try and play the same way then I think you come undone I think it was pretty obvious from seeing the team on um, Saturday that we were going to go more direct and we did go more direct and I don't think necessarily we went more direct because because of Fernandez, which is you know I've seen out there, I think we went more direct because we were playing Tony and Force together up front, and I'm not really sure what else you're going to do because you can play it into Force's feet, but is he going to turn and run at players? He's not going to. It's not his game, as as Dave's already said. His game is in the penalty box, and it might be thriving off knockdowns or it might be thriving off whipped in balls and things like that. Um, I, I think the other thing that really concerned me, and it was it was a bit odd, and I don't really know the answer to this, is that I thought Norgard got a bit isolated in midfield, and I and I felt that you know Jensen and and Onyeka, and I think Onyeka had a had a ba- as bad a game as anybody too. Thought it probably his worst game for Brentford in a, a time when I was hoping he was going to become stronger. Norgard seemed to get a bit isolated, and they seemed to sort of almost move out of the centre of midfield, and maybe that was to find space. But it didn't help either that they were tending to drift over to both wings, um, you know, areas that really Canos and Rico should be populating, and, um, and 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 that seemed to sort of you know take away from a lot of the a lot of the strength we should have in midfield. And, and fair play to Godos, um, you know, he he you know he was the one, he was the Brent, you know the most influential Brentford player on the pitch. That's, that's what we said on the you know the, the weekend review. Um, I just, we just need him to do that for 90 minutes now. It, there is an opportunity for him. He, he's, you know, he's shown that he's, he, again, he's worth his place. He's, 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 a, he's a valuable um, squad member. There's a lot, lot of fans that won't give him the space to be able to, 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 to thrive. People have made their minds up about him. Um, whether they're right or wrong, time will tell. But I don't think it helps to have written him off because the the, the, the management and the coaches they haven't written him off. So he's still very much part of our our match day uh, squad. So we need to support him rather than slag him. So uh, you know, uh, Godos, if he if he he might get a start on on Saturday, or if he doesn't start, he'll, he'll come on. And we, we we need him to have the confidence to be able to to do it for us. And slagging him off online is is not the place to do it. We've seen that the players they read it, um, and I, I just don't I just don't know what's to be achieved by it. You know, well well done if he ends up not being the player we thought he would in in two years. But he's contracted to Brentford. Get behind the lad. 
And I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, we we're talking about the Tony and Force combination, and you know, obviously, Ivan Tony spotlight is always on Ivan Tony because everyone knows him. He scored so many goals last season. Is he going to do it again in the Premier League? People have been a little bit quiet at the moment. Now, there's a few people sort of saying, you know, oh, Ivan Tony. I mean, somebody, I think somebody put up some stats about Ivan Tony about you know all the things that he's done. You know, which are very, you know, very high on the statsometer. It's, uh, you know, it's one of these uh, stats companies that put it out on social media, and then all the feedback came back goes, "But has he scored? How many goals has he scored? How many goals has he scored?" Yeah. There's a lot of how many goals has he scored that's going on. Now, interesting, one of the sort of besotted regulars who, uh, who, 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 who contacts us all the time, a big, big, big fan of the podcast, Anthony Ballard, as well. And like I said to you, you can always contact us, besotted1992 gmail.com, or you could do it by Facebook, you could do it by Twitter on the DM, or just Twitter us as well you can you know send us anything you want to but he has put a question mark in about Ivan Tony which was us to discuss and he's he said listen listen guys you know right so why is a highly in demand 30 plus goal a season striker a natural predator a cool calm collected finisher okay that we probably <laughs> we won't be at Brentford next season uh, playing in behind a winger that right now cannot put the ball in the back of the net Tony playing deeper, almost Harry Kane role, means that we're losing all of our goals. His box presence is what we need. He's the people's tap-in merchant. And right now, it's exactly what we need, you know. Someone who could thrive off good service and finish. And we need Brian in behind Tony, feeding him. Right, so he's going, why? Why is this not happening? The Allard. Well, it's mainly because Mbume's got pace and Tony doesn't. So if you're going to, you know, play balls for players to run on to, if you're going to have players running and, and Mbumo is better running with the ball and he's better at beating players than Tony Tony does have his strengths and and finish them, finishing in the box is one of them um, you might make an argument this season actually that he's had a few opportunities he had one Saturday that he hasn't he hasn't put away um, so I don't think it's you know I don't think it's strictly fair to say that he's completely clinical and he just hasn't had any opportunities I think he has had a few opportunities to score um, so I, I think it. What it's really about is you. Is you get your. You, you, firstly, you decide what system you're going to play. I think if you're playing four-three-three and Tony's your man in the middle, it's probably a little bit more simple. I think if you're playing five-three-two, and 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 I think on Saturday you saw what happens when you play five-three-two with two out-and-out centre-forwards, because Tony is an out-and-out centre-forward. He's not a winger or something else. I, I I get the argument he's playing a bit deeper when you do that. With, with, with two out-and-out centre-forwards at this level, it's pretty easy to defend. Um, I think Mbumo, is, he's like the jack-in-the-box, you know? So really, I, yes, Tony is withdrawn to some extent, but I just think it's about the two of them working out how to dovetail properly. Um, I, I don't think Mbumo's... You see, I, I think the suggestion from that is almost that Mbumo should be playing as a number 10 behind Tony. That's not going to be Mbumo's strength either. If you were going to play a number 10 behind Tony... You might be looking at, I don't know, maybe a Godos, um, maybe a Marcondes from last season, maybe a Jensen. Um, different types of players to play in that role. Um, but then if you're playing, you know, 5-3-2 with a 10, you're, you know, a guy up front, someone behind them, you still, you, where, where do your wingers fit into the team if you're playing a 10? You got, there's nowhere for the wingers because you've got two wingbacks. So it's, it is a, it's about trying to get the balance right. Um, and, and, and as Matthew Benham has said many times and I come back to this again and again and I bore people with it um, you know Benham, Benham has always said that he doesn't rate strikers on the number of goals they score he rates strikers on the number of goals the team score while, they, while they're playing and we have been scoring goals 
And I, and I, I have to say as well, you know, the, the fact that Dervis Oglu's not, not with us is kind of... It, it's, co- it's cost us a bit, you know. I, I think it, at the moment... That, that's the kind of player that we could be looking at and um, contributing. I know, I know, Wieser's, you know, is, a, is an attacking option that we haven't got. He's injured, um, but you know, th- th- we did have a stronger forward um, options uh, um, before the season started than we, we, you know, not than we've got now, but with injuries than we've got now. I, I think Devasoglu probably plays in, in stead of force on Saturday if he's at the club. Because he's because he he offers you something different, but he doesn't have blistering pace either. In fact, probably his biggest weakness is he doesn't have pace either. So even so, I still think we would. I think we're really missing in a five-three-two. One of them has got to have pace because if you because that's what central defenders at any level don't want to defend against pace and players that will run at them with the ball. That's what they don't want to face. That's what Mbumo gives you to withdraw him. I don't think makes a lot of sense, um, and I think we really miss him. And, I mean, okay, and I mean, you're talking about. So, I mean, even Wiesa, you know what I'm saying? I'm just wondering because, you know, Wiesa is he's quite a skillful player, we've seen. He's quite fast. He's not blistering fast, but he's, he's quite fast, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he would, for me, he's the obvious replacement for Mbumo. And, I mean, I, I think we said it, you know, when he came to the club, we were really glad to hear that the, um, the supporters um, of the club he came from. Orient, Leighton Orient, um, they all said that you know he he can play through the middle as well, and for me that was music to my ears because playing in a five-three-two, I just I, I don't fancy Tony and Force playing together, so I, we needed another option. Do you think? I mean, I'm just going to ask you. Do you think actually looking at where we are now and maybe where we're missing, there's still space for? Because they say to us that midfield area is quite congested. We're quite heavily stocked in that area, but do you still think this pace? For something, somebody else to come in, maybe in January, or do you think we'll just wait for the injuries to to, to, to come back? I think we'll probably wait for the injuries to come back because I, I don't know where Josh De Silva is. People are talking more positively, I think, than they were before. Um, so you have got him to come back. Um, I think I think we need Frank to come. You know, on Yeka, we need to make those leaps and bounds that we haven't seen yet. So when Janelt came in, you know. It didn't take him more than a game or two to get going. Onyeka is taking his time, and you know, and, and we are as supporters, we're prepared to give him time. But in this league, I don't know if we've got time to give him, if that makes sense. Just coming back to injuries because this is very important, right? The injury list, obviously, Raya is injured. We got Aya, who well, the news came out according to the, according to the Norwegian manager, he said he's going to be out for a couple of months. And then after we heard somebody else sort of came back saying, actually, he might be back for Newcastle. So I'm, I'm thinking, mm, not sure about the Newcastle. And But a couple of months, everyone got very, very depressed when they heard that he's out for a couple of months because a massive key player he is. Obviously, Mad Beck Sorensen's out for a while. Yanelt is, they said that he possibly might be back for Newcastle. You know, he, uh, he, came, uh, he came on actually as a sub, didn't he, at, at Burnley? Uh, Brian and Boomer was on the bench at Burnley, but he didn't come on. But they're saying that he possibly might be available against Burnley, uh, against Newcastle. Pinnock, he's obviously got a, his hip niggle. He played as well. Uh, he's not gone over to Jamaica for the international break, so hopefully we'll be able to recover for that. So for the Newcastle game, he'll be fully fit fit for that. Risa as well, they're talking about possibly maybe being back for Newcastle, but he had a bootstrap on. So I don't know how, how that's going to happen as well. And also Baptiste, they're talking about maybe him being back for Newcastle. So that's kind of where we're at. That's, that's quite an, an injury list, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, to be honest, I'm more interested in who's back for Norwich at the moment. Um, and out of that list... 
we maybe would see Jan out back from Nor- Norwich and I think that's about it and Boomer he was on the bench yeah he was on the bench but he didn't come on so I wonder if he might start on the bench and we sort of because there may be a feeling that if it's, a, if it's an injury that gets better with rest that you put him on the bench and if you don't have to use him you don't use him um, I, I think there's a, there's a reasonable argument that because we were 3-0 and then 3-1 down we didn't feel we needed to use him because I, 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 I had this thought of at 3-0 down at half time people say well we need to bring Jan out and Mbumo on and I'm, I'm personally what I'm thinking is we've lost this game um, why do you want to risk bringing on you know half injured players um, so I, yeah the Mbumo thing for Saturday we'll see I mean I'd love to see him playing as long as that means he's, he's, yeah. he's fit as, as long as he's fit and you know as we go into the international break I'll be quite happy this time if none of our players get selected for their countries I just, I just want us to have two weeks off where our players can actually rest you know that's, that's not, that's not going to happen I know you know Denmark have got a game against the Faroes um, where it looks probably look, it probably looks like that Norgard and Jensen will probably start. Um, you know, and they're qualified now for the World Cup, and the pressure's kind of off them. So, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're going to get probably 90, 90 minutes. I just want them to get none. I just want uh, we've we got a huge December coming up where we've got an incredible amount of Premier League fixtures and also we've got a game against Chelsea uh, in, the, in the League Cup, which we're going to talk about. Um, it, it's going to get really, really intense and we just need as many fit players, as many fit bodies as possible at our disposal. Um, yeah, Pinnock's Pin- not going, Jam- Pinnock's not going, is he? Jamaica. Right, no, Jamaica, yeah, yeah. So You know, that's good news. Um, I'm trying to think who else would go away. I, t- I tell you, actually, when you talk about international um, players, is um, Fosu. I-, I think there is an interesting discussion about what's going on with Fosu because my gut feeling is Saturday might have been a good time for Fosu to, to actually play. Maybe have just have tried something different because, because if we are protecting Mbumo, maybe it was time to try Fosu maybe play Fosu off, off um, Tony. I think we did that last season. Um, so there's, there's something going on there. I don't, we're not necessarily part, party to it. Um, because it just feels like, you know, he, there's enough injuries that he probably should be getting a look in. Yeah. It's, just, it's a shame. Whatever it is, it's a shame they can't resolve it because mm. it's, uh, you know, it, we know what he's capable of. He's useful and uh, we, it, we, we need him. So it's... You know, the, the grown-up decision is to sit down and sort it out, whatever it is. Yeah, and and just talk, just coming back because obviously with the injuries that we got, I mean, we've, we play our formation that we've got, and 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 with the players that we've got available. But do you think there might be a a, a change in tact and a change in formation, you know, based on the players that we that we've we've got available? I think I think well, our other formation is probably four-three-three, which is which means you need two wingers. So. I think we're still a bit short because because Wies is injured. We don't know if Mbumo's fit. So there are two obvious wingers if you're playing 4-3-3. You could push Canos up as a winger and bring Wurzlev in, but it still leaves you a position short. So say you say, well, we'll play Godos on the wing, but but we've seen that before. I don't think that's... That, you know, if you haven't, when you haven't got players with pace, 4-3-3, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think... We, you know we're ready for that at the moment. Um, I, I think with a fit Wiesa and Mbumo, I think it's a it's, it could be a really good formation. But I don't think we're going to have the players for it on on Saturday. Okay, so listen, we've talked about this quite a lot. We talked about it in, like I said in the weekend review. But um, we've got Will, the spreadsheet wink, who's going to give us the statistical lowdown on that Burnley match. So Will, 
Let us know what the stats say about that Burnley match. Spreadsheet So what do we need to know about the Burnley game then? The first half was one of the most frustrating halves of football I've seen Bees play in a long time. We see totally outclassed by Burnley. Bees only managed two attempts in the first half, totalling 0.2 xG in a meagre reply to Burnley's three goals by that point, and 1.88 xG. The second half from an attacking perspective from the Bees was a little better, ending up with 0.95 xG to end the match. Burnley piled on another 1.07 xG, signalling that despite their three-goal lead, they weren't sitting back and letting us play. They were continuing to breach our defences. We played long in this match quite a lot more than in any other game this season, playing 71 long balls compared to an average of 48. We also made a lot more lateral passes than any game so far this season, ending up at nearly double the season average. This suggests that we were not able to break Burnley down through the midfield, leading to the long balls as we hit and hope to Tony. He won eight aerials in the match, slightly less than average, but also lost the ball 18 times, comfortably more than his average, suggesting he was isolated up top with little support. We need to get that front two right for the next match if we want to be successful offensively. So there you go, Will the spreadsheet winker, who basically said that we were terrible. (laughs) And we... um, Listen, it's just one of them things, you know, Burnley, but they just came at us, they're really good. I mean, t- tell you something, again, we always look at the sort of kind of like how the games pan out and Burnley, they created a high number of chances relative to their possession. You know, they stole the ball often from the opposition, were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities through through balls, were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from the flanks, they were strong at finishing, you know, and uh, with weaknesses, they were lost possession often, they were caught offside often and they committed a high number of individual errors. Brentford's strengths... Uh, they had no significant strengths, you know, and they had a couple of weaknesses, you know what I'm saying? And I think that kind of sums the game up and we're not very often in that position where we actually have no significant strengths. And all the players, top players, we're all Burnley players as well. And it's it's one of those ones where we've discussed this game for, you know, in the in the Weekend Review podcast, we discussed it now. You look at the XG, you know, 2.95, 4.95, massive red bubbles all over the area, and ours little dots here and there. And it's almost like you look at that and you sort of think, I'm not being funny. We could talk about this to the cows going home, but we might as well just write this game, just write it off. Yeah, yeah, write it off. Just write it off, because it, 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 we were terrible. And, and I, I actually don't think we will be as bad as that for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, when you've got all this data, it, it, it encourages you to be forensic. And I don't think being forensic over this is actually going to do us too many favours. I know we talked about it for half an hour already. But yeah, you're right. R- write it off, bury it, forget about it. You know, we had a decent day out regardless. Um, I know you said like um, it's been a long time since we experienced you know, away defeats in person. Unfortunately, my muscle memory in that department is, is not... Is, is still there I do I do remember the feeling of going to away games and losing they're ingrained into my Brentford DNA so it, it was all too familiar um, so yeah I, I think yeah, we, ha- we have to tr- draw a line underneath it um, and hope that the, the players have sat down and watched it and they've realised that you know what is ex- not acceptable, unacceptable. We are going to get performances like that. It's, it's, it's un- you know it, 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 we, we are going to. It's going to happen again this season. You know, get 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 ready for it. It's, we we are going to be still good enough to escape, but we have to get it right for Saturday. Yes, 
Indeed. So listen, let's go to JB. He always picks us up a little bit after a bit down as well. JB with his facts and his funk, and he's going to give us some... Oh, how many times have we... What's the last time we lost an away game when we were actually at the match? We'll have to ask JB, because JB knows all the facts and the funk. Jonathan Burchell here again. Saturday was the 63rd time in our league history that we haven't scored and conceded three or more in the first half of the game. Never have we come back to win from such a scoreline at the break. The closest we ever came was to draw 3-3 against MK Dons in December 2011, with two goals from Gary Alexander and a last-minute equaliser from Leon Legg. Alvaro Fernandes unfortunately conceded three on his Bees League debuting goal. John Thompson conceded four on his back in 1925, as did 39-year-old goalkeeping coach Simon Royce when he started his only game in the 4-1 defeat at Dagenham in February 2011, which also transpired to be Andy Scott's last game in charge. Graham Horne let him five in 1975, but the highest on a starting match for the first time was Paul Smith, who went on to play for us 87 times. His full debut was in May 2001, when he let him six away at Swansea, in front of a crowd of just 2002. Before Burnley, the fans making an away trip and seeing us lose in a stadium is something of a distant memory. The last was a 2-1 defeat, a little closer to home at Luton in February 2020, a gap of 613 days. So there you go, JB with his facts and his funk, and we're sitting there going, actually, we've talked enough about Burnley, but, but no, we haven't, actually, <laughs> because... This 613 days since Brentford fans actually last saw an away game, physically actually at the game, Luton on a Tuesday night. And the thing about it is that I felt the same way after that Luton game, after I felt after this game, because we were at that game and we got stung and we got done and we were, you know, we thought we were going to, you know, we, we thought we thought we were going to win against Luton. We really did. And we didn't. But six... The 613 days, lady. That's um, that's that's it's nearly it's nearly two years. That's amazing, isn't it? I didn't feel as bad. I, I felt probably worse after Luton because you know the, the promotion was the you know was the was the prize you know, and I thought that really dented us. And we, you know, we we were we, we weren't comfortably in any in any position there. We we had still a lot to a lot to prove and a lot to achieve. We weren't you know so. Yeah, I'd argue Luton was probably a, a, a harder, a harder one to take than uh, than Burnley, um, and, it, and it snowed that night, and uh, it was a, it was a grim, grim drive home. It was bloody cold. Uh, but at least it wasn't four and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> four and a half hours, and, and the rest, mate. <laughs> Us, yeah, okay, yeah, we took the easy option. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, listen, we're not going to talk about Burnley anymore because we are going to draw a line under that. We're going to look forward, not look back, and we're going to look forward to the Norwich match on Saturday. I'm going to go to the bar, I'm going to get a few drinks in, and we're going to sit down, have a drink, and talk about the Norwich match. So, got Norwich on Saturday, big, big game. I'm going to put it out there, and I think it's a, it's a six-pointer. We need to win this game now. We need to bounce back, and, you know, with Norwich's record, and this is no disrespect to them, but I just think we need to get a result here. We haven't played Norwich for... Oh, actually, we played them last season. Actually, we both came up together. So we've got Chris from Talk Norwich City. 
he's going to tell us everything we need to know about the Canaries because we, well, we don't know much more about them than we did last season. So Chris, tell us what you know about Norwich. Hello, hello. Come on, let's be having you Brentford boys. It's Chris Free from the Talk Norwich City podcast here. I hope everyone listening is having a fantastic day and you're feeling much better than the Norwich fans at the moment. I suspect you will be. But anyway, let's swiftly move on straight away. Thank you so much to Billy the Bee for the opportunity to come on the best Brentford podcast to talk all things Norwich City and fill you in on where we are at going into our clash this weekend just a little bit more about talk norwich city we've we've been doing it for a number of years now grown our channel from absolutely nothing uh still producing content in our bedrooms um but now interviewing um current players former players journos alike in the world of norwich city feel free to go over and uh, subscribe to our youtube channel if you're interested um slash you want to enjoy laughing at our season, which is, um, quite frankly, going to end up in relegation, to put it very bluntly. Anyway, <laughs> we're in the Premier League, just about. And to fill you in on where we are at going into this one, we're in a bad, 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 bad way. <laughs> we're in a bad way. Let me tell you, Brentford boys, um, and I know what you're all saying, listening to this, you're just a yo-yo club, I can hear you saying already. The truth is, yes, we are. But as you will learn this season, guys, it's so hard. It's so hard to stay in the Premier League. And the gap for Norwich City is just so vast in terms of finances available. Even the finances between our two clubs is vast, let alone Norwich City to say, uh, well, Newcastle obviously got loads more money now, but Aston Villa or Leeds United or Brighton, the teams that you would associate with being in our almost mini league, the gap is too big. Uh, of course, you'll know probably that North City is owned by Delia Smith, the famous chef, and her husband, Michael Wynne-Jones. We're a proper family-run football club, and um, the, the fans hold our club account to those values. But sometimes that means that there are downfalls and one of the downfalls is we cannot gamble on Premier League glory. Some people will say that's not ambitious enough and I must admit I'm leaning onto that side of the fence myself now as well. We do need to gamble more if we want to stay in the Premier League but as you'll find out guys um, the, the step up in quality is, uh, is, is a big one. And uh, you guys will learn that anyway. To, to, I guess, explain to you why we've not survived in the Premier League so far, the recruitment has been wrong every time. Um, of course, we were one of the the, the, the co-founding members of the Premier League uh, back in the 92-93 season. A lot of you guys, uh, older fans at least, will remember our egg and crest kit. Jeremy Goss against Bayern Munich. Um, but quite frankly, since then, uh, we've not lived up to those heights We've tried, we've huffed, we've puffed. The, the recruitment, as I've said, has, has been wrong each time. Um, famously, for example, in, in a recent era, you'll probably remember Ricky Van Wolfswinkle, who only scored one goal on his debut for the club, but cost us eight and a half million pounds. Now, a signing like that for Norwich City, we cannot afford for it to go wrong. And unfortunately for us, it's gone wrong each time. And... Evidently, this season, you could probably start to argue the recruitment has not been right again. Um, but I'll get on to that in just a moment um, to, I guess, 
keep you guys uh, in in the loop because you're going to need to know um, in terms of the parachute payments. They help. They do help. But um, and I feel like a broken record. The, <laughs> They, they barely touch the sides. <laughs> they really do. I mean, even the gap between some of the top-end championship sides and mid-table championship sides now is massive. And um, I think the whole thing about the parachute payments is a bit of a myth, truth be told. And I'm, I'm not really sure it makes a massive difference now um, just because some of the finance is available to, to some of these mid-table and um, Premier League sides, sorry. In terms of my opinion on Brentford, um, as you know, um, as I started, I'm so jealous. I'm so, so jealous. Um, you guys remind me of when we went up under Paul Lambert um, back in the 2011-2012 season. Obviously, before that, we came from League 1-2. So I know the feeling of being up there with the big boys all too well. And the reason why you guys remind me of that season for us is that it was very much a case of you score one, we'll score two more. It was attack. It was no fear football. We just went for it. And it was almost that unpredictability and naivety that actually helped us survive that season and end up with quite a high finish. I think we ended up finishing 10th that season. Oh, that might be under Chris Hewitt. Never mind. You get my point. Paul Lambert um, really, really helped us um, because we just went for it. Um, but I don't really want to talk about Paul Lamp anymore because he obviously crossed the border to Ipswich. So um, let's swiftly move on from that. You guys remind me of that side. You are just going for it. I'm impressed with Brentford. I'm, I'm impressed with the style of play. I'm impressed with what your manager is saying. And I really want to make a point about this. And this is, a, I guess, where this conversation is going to go. There's a big difference in mentality between Brentford and Norwich City and that comes from the manager um, which in this case is of course Daniel Farker our head coach here at North, Norwich City Football Club we're going into games saying it's going to be almost impossible oh they're Champions League winners oh we can't do this we can't do that and you guys are just going for it and fair blooming play I've got nothing but respect nothing but respect um, in terms of where and how it could potentially go wrong for Brentford, although I've complimented that that almost that energy, that unpredictability, that naivety, it can also catch you out in key moments. The big difference between the champ and the, and the Premier League, not just, of course, the finances, is the time. There is barely any time in Premier League. And if you make one mistake, you will be punished. It's an almost contractually obliged guarantee you will be punished in the Premier League for just the tiniest tiniest mistake Norwich City have fallen victim to it too many times already so in terms of where it could go wrong for Brentford that is where it could go wrong potentially you could say that's partly down to experience but at the same time you've got players like Tony with 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 no Premier League experience but absolutely killing it so um yeah as, a, as, as I say, full compliments, total respect to Brentford. It hurts me to say that. I have to be honest, it really hurts me to say that. But yeah, fair play. You guys are doing so well. There is some Premier League snobbery that I want to uh, make sure that I make clear to you, Brentford fans, um, is, is, is definitely there. You will suffer with that for as long as you're in the Premier League. The big national media corps love to look down on clubs like us. We're an easy target. Um, and quite frankly, it's because we don't feed the machine, right? We, we, we don't have these huge multinational fan bases 
with vast numbers like like some of the other clubs and therefore we're an easy target uh, i'm not even saying that the the, the ts um media corp but they have been an absolute joke towards us this season literally saying things that aren't even factually correct but don't get me ranting about about that that radio station and um, you will get hit with some premier league snobbery but you know what let it pour petrol on your fire brentford fans let it pour petrol on your fire it certainly poured petrol on my fire not only this season but in previous seasons so I, I i do think that it can help you as a newly promoted side to be looked down upon so um yeah try try and not let it get to you and and, and harness that energy and, and use it to your advantage i guess something that i should talk about is is that is north city's recruitment our, our transfer window and um, important to talk about it because to dispel the myths that i've just spoken about there and um, from the the ts uh media corporation um we spent 50 million quid this season we spent 50 million quid it's been our record transfer window and in the world of norwich city that's probably as much as we can go for it uh, to a degree we could probably could have pushed it maybe another five to ten mil but it would have caused us problems if we went down to the championship again um We've signed, I think, some good players. We actually already started our Premier League recruitment in the Championship. We signed Dimitri Giannoulis, who was um, who we, we we actually signed um, with very very high hopes. He's a top player, and I actually feel like we could lose him this January, having just signed him last January. Um, helped us get up to the Premier League. Was rumoured to go to Roma, um, and actually was rumoured again to go to Roma this summer Jose trying to uh, prize him away from Norwich City wouldn't be surprised to see him go signed Ben Gibson who of course was flirting with the England team when he was with Burnley in the Premier League we've signed um, Matthias Norman albeit on loan um, from Rostov he is the real deal and probably our our only real shining light this season if I'm to be brutally honest he is one hell of a player um, and uh, you'll you'll definitely see that that will be a key battle. Um, you know, not only do Norwich need to pass it to Matthias Norman, um, but also you need to get past Matthias Norman. So that will be where the game is won and lost for sure through that. Um, I think it's, I think uh, as always with Norwich City and as always with any football club, it's very easy to just blame the manager but maybe the recruitment is to blame and um, i'm not sure josh Sargent we've signed is worth nine million that's for sure the start of our season has been horrific uh, it has to be said and um, everyone will, will will look at that and go oh my god that is one hell of a start and it was it was awful and it's really knocked us for six in terms of confidence well, obviously you're going to lose to clubs like man city liverpool and um, but games against arsenal leicester not only should we have drawn, but we could have won those games of football. So it's been disappointing for Norwich because even those games that, you know, have been written off, so to speak, from the off, actually, truth be told, we could have got points from them. So the start's been really bad and it's been much tougher than I expected um, because the confidence has just been completely sapped. Daniel Farker, am I a fan? Do I think he's hit his ceiling? Yeah, I do. And it hurts me so much to say that. It hurts me so much to say I respect the guy. I'm so grateful for everything that he's done. But quite frankly, it's just got to the point where you cannot look past this dismal Premier League record under his stewardship. Uh, we, we, we didn't, we, I think we lost 10 games in a row. 
and or at least didn't win 10 games in a row last time we we're in the Premier League we've not won 10 we've not won in 10 this season it's very obvious facts don't care about feelings it's not working for Daniel Farker at Norwich City Football Club unfortunately and if we don't win and I mean this if we don't win against you boys at the weekend and I mean this with all the love and respect in the world it's got to be time for Daniel Farker. We've then got the international break to make a change, to desperately try to do something to stay up because it's not working under Daniel Farker. There's no other way of putting it at all. In terms of our style of play, to fill you in, we've completely lost our... You're going to love this. <laughs> you guys are going to be literally clapping after this. This is going to be music to your ears. We've lost our style of play. The style of play that's beaten you in your own backyard, you know, Madison shooting from far out, Cameron Jerome taking long shots when Alex Neal had his first game in charge away at Brentford. That's gone. The Norris City philosophy is no more. We're trying this new defensive formation, but we can't defend. The wing-backs get caught high up the pitch. You guys will cross. It will take a dodgy deflection and you'll score. Our mentality when we've gone one down, it's game over. I, I mean, I don't even know. I can't remember, slash I'm choosing not to remember the stat, but I've actually lost count of how many games it's been now where if if we concede, it's game over. And that's that's a key thing to, I guess, say to you guys. If you score first, it's game over. It sounds defeatist but it's just the facts given what we've been served up so far this season. How do I see Brentford doing this season? Look, I, I I think you guys can do it. I think you guys can do it. I think you guys can survive, particularly because of the performances that you've shown against those bigger teams. But don't be blindsided by that because performances um, aren't points. And although you can take spirit from that, Norwich have fallen victim to that attitude before. In the games that you perform well, you must take at least a point. Try your very best to win all of your home games and take take points here and there on the road is great. Um, and, and they're the bonus ball results for sure. So look, I think Brentford can survive. In terms of this game, how will it pan out? I mean, uh, it's predictable. I think... You guys will have loads of confidence. Norwich will be nervous, very, very nervous. We'll, we'll try and sit back. We're not holding possession at the moment. Um, and as soon as you score, it's game over. Um, it's not normally what I would say going to an opposition podcast or, or, or show, but I just can't see a way out for us at the moment. <laughs> just really, really gone. So, yeah, I think it'll be a tough one. For, for Norwich, I think it will be a good one for Brentford. And this will be a really good litmus test for Brentford, right? How far have you really come this season? Because if you are serious about surviving, you need to be beating Norwich in the state that we're in at the moment. As much as it hurts me to say that on a uh, on a rival team's podcast, because you are our rivals this season, we have to be beating you if we want to survive. Um, but it doesn't look encouraging it must be said in terms of my score prediction for this oh no <laughs> i just can't see it for us i really can't i think you guys have got such a strong attacking presence and you're solid at the back and might i say by the way if you didn't know already you beat us to the signing of azure he was our number one target and we lost out to you boys because we wouldn't pay him enough wages so there you go um so therefore great in attack great in defense and we're neither of those things and the midfield goes missing so 
I'm predicting a cagey game, but a pretty comfortable 2-0 win for Brentford. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. Really looking forward to chatting to Billy um, over on the Talk North City show. Go over and search us on YouTube, Spotify, all of the podcast platforms. Just search Talk North City and uh, you can have a laugh and a joke at us this season. Um, and I wish Brentford all the best. I really, really do. Thanks so much for having me on and on the ball, City. So that was Chris from Talk Norwich City and you can catch me on their podcast as well, actually, where we just discussed, well, the same sort of things. You know, but I talk a lot about Brentford as well. He's talked about a lot about Norwich on that. Now, if you listen to what Chris has said there, um, you'd think, hmm, actually, tell you what, you know, uh, things are sound hunky-dory. He's, he's given them absolutely no chance whatsoever. I've talked about our injuries I've talked about our downness I've talked about all sorts of stuff that's going on you know the fact the forward's not gelling the defence you know injured but he still thinks it doesn't matter you're going to win now for us as you know we're not going to take that as gospel because we know that things can go horribly wrong especially you get to a situation where you're not meant to win a game and you end, or you're meant to win a game you end up not winning a game so, uh, so I'm going to ignore everything that Chris has said and I'm going to go to somebody who actually knows a little bit more about what the stats say about this I'm going to go to Will the spreadsheet winker because he's going to tell us all about the stats on Norwich Spreadsheet winker. So what do we need to know about Norwich then? They're currently comfortably rooted to the bottom of the XG table, having conceded 11.1 more XG than they've created this season, only scoring three goals from more than 8 XG. Most of that's from a high volume of small chances. They don't press very high, allowing 19 passes per defensive action, more than double Brentford's season average. They've lost every game aside from two on XG so far, that including their most recent 2-1 loss to Leeds, which they won on XG, just. Aside from the goal in that game, they struggle to create big chances in the box, with the largest chance at just 0.16 XG. They create less than half the XG that Bees do in an average game, and that, rather than any stylistic difference, does seem to be the issue with them this season. They just haven't been able to get their attacks going. They actually pass the ball more than Brentford do, but just create a lot less in terms of chances on average. We will need to watch them on the counter, though, since 40% of their counter-attacks end in shots, double Brentford's total. Hopefully our defence can reset and perform much better at the weekend when we looked vulnerable on the counter. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker on Norwich. And um, I'm not going to say even on paper because it's it's just it doesn't work like that man it just does not work like that every team has got players who can kill you and I don't know what has been going down in Norwich I don't know why they ain't firing on any cylinders at all but they're going to have to fire up at some stage aren't they they are and um, and unfortunately the rules of football and there are rules of football I know they're not written down but there are rules of football and the rule will probably play out on Saturday that Norwich will beat us because that is what happens with football and I don't know why I've got that in my head and I know that you know if you were if you were sort of taking a deep breath and you weren't looking at what's gone on in the last few weeks and stuff like that you would clearly have Brentford down and when I say the last few weeks I mean in Brentford's on, on Brentford's side um, you would clearly have Brentford down for a win on Saturday but you know the rules of football say otherwise We've got every chance of winning and we've got every chance of losing. And, it's, that's not, and that's really not sitting on the fence because, you know, 
it, unless we do pull it around, um, Norwich are not going to lose every game, and they are going to win at some stage. As the Allard said, you know, it's the laws of probability and, and, and the, the unwritten rules of, of football. We we've seen it so often. You know, you 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 play the bottom of the bottom of the division team, and you need you need the win to get in the playoffs or whatever, and they turn up and they and they beat you. Um, it's the most frustrating feeling in the world, but they're they're they're, they're decent too. You know, they they they're in the top flight. This is this isn't Chester City, fifteen years ago. Sealand Road. Yes, uh, we we we're 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 in the top flight. Um, so every team can do us. <laughs> and and I think we've got a really important job now for the last ten minutes of this podcast, and that is to tell everybody why that isn't going to happen on Saturday and Brentford are going to win well there's one thing I was going to say as well it's interesting because he made a point there and he said to us that you know Norwich can't match us even can't even match Brentford for the money which which, is, which actually isn't true because they, I mean they spent 50 million in this yeah. window right they spent a lot of money you know and their players have always been you know on decent wages that we remember we could never really match them you know what I'm saying and they say okay they tried to get Chris Iyer but Chris Iyer came to us because we played more wages, wages than what they would play and I don't think you know I think that there's this vision that we are kind of like this multi-million like we're just like rolling the money which is it's not the case at all it's just it's just the way that we kind of spend our money and a lot of the players that we've got like I said to you you haven't got a clue how half of them are as well but also what was interesting what Chris talked about was the attitude of the managers he was saying about how Thomas Frank is really really positive whereas you know Farker goes in and says we're not going to win against Manchester City which almost has us sort of defeating you know it defeats the team before they've actually gone in there the one thing I'm going to say about what you're saying there the Allard is that We've always seemed to be able to pick ourselves up after a victory, quite quick, after a defeat, quite quickly. You know what I'm saying? Especially last season. We, 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 no, yeah, we, we, it's the streaky ones that we've gone on, but we've, we've had losses where we've gone in and gone bang. But since he changed the formation, if we, have a, if we have a bad result, we seem to turn it around relatively quickly. I'm going to have to. I will disagree with you because I think we only lost six games last season or something like that, and three of them we lost on the spin. Which was from the Coventry, I think the Coventry game onwards, we lost three on spin. But we, we changed things up after then, that, didn't we? And then we did. So what we actually need to do is, is find a way Saturday to turn it around more quickly than we did then. I know we've lost three games on the spin now, but I don't view Chelsea and Leicester as calamity game losses. I thought we were really good in those games. And, and, and it's only the Burnley game where we, got, we, we, where we essentially got unpicked. Um, so, I think we need to turn it around quicker than we did after that Coventry. Well, we, we got we got Brentforded by by Burnley. You know, they they come out of the traps and just like blitzed us, and that, and that's what we did. That's what we did against Brighton. That's what we did against Leicester. But they scored, and and we didn't in those games. Um, and, and and the same as the end of, end of the Chelsea game and West Ham. Um, so. We have, we have to match the intensity we've seen up until the Burnley game. Yeah, we, we, we're going to write that off. Um, Norwich, they don't scare me. I've, not, I've seen nothing about them that should overly concern me, apart from the fact is like you call heads enough times, it's, it's going to be tails eventually. Yeah. You know, they've got Pookie. You know, we know that he can score, but you know, Force versus Pookie, they're both you know both Finns. Um, I, I, I'd have I'd have force over Pookie still. I, I think you know he's, he's the one with the future. Um, there's, a play, there's a few players they've got that seem to be like playmakers for them. This Sergeant, I, I don't really quite understand him. I've seen him a few times. And I just thought I, I don't know what he does. But you know, we just got to hope that they have another off day while we're back to our best. 
I, I think two, there's two key things for me. One comes from um, the Winker, and that is that um, he says 40, 40% of their counter-attacks end in shots. Um, I think that's quite something. That probably means that when they do hit you on the counter, they will have a go. They, they won't stop and wait for people to join them. They'll just, you know, they'll go for it. The other thing with Norwich is, as best I can make out, if you get, if you get ahead of them with an early goal, um, you probably once you've got two, is that they, they pretty much fold. And you would imagine that what comes back is all the, all, all the feelings that they're getting in more or less every game this season. So I think that the two important things is, well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's always the important thing is, is don't concede an early goal and score an early goal. Yeah, so I mean, we're, Norwich are good protecting the lead as they're very strong. But other than that, weaknesses. We, we, <laughs> weaknesses, finishing scoring chances, aerial chills, defending against skillful players, defending against attacks down the wings, they're very weak. And defending against through ball attacks, they're very, very weak as well. They take long shots, they like long balls, they like attacking down the left, they like playing in their own half and their opponents play aggressively against them. Yeah, let's go back to that, protecting the lead. They're good at protecting the lead, but they haven't won a game all season. I, I don't, that doesn't add up for me. I mean, when, like Lady says, when were they good at protecting the lead? Because it ain't this season, is it? I suppose if you're looking for a strength that they've had, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, that is their, if their best strength is they're good at protecting a lead that they've never had... <laughs> Or they've not protected it. If they have had it, I don't know for sure in all their games. Um, that's yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is move on. But listen, this is so, so this is so this is listen. This is what he's doing. So basically, what we're saying is that we just need to make sure that we don't <laughs> they don't go ahead because you know they're, they're probably they're, they're probably very they good. Could be good. They're, they're that, probably very good. That, at says, that says Man City, not Norwich. Bill. Yeah, no, 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 it says Norwich very much. So you know who scored is they're, they're the bible as far as we're concerned. But listen. We've talked about this game enough. We've had the Winko, we've got everyone talking about it. We know exactly what we need to do. As fans as well, we need to turn up and we need to uh, make some noise, as it is. But let's go back around and find out what your score predictions are going to be, unless you've got anything else to say. The Allard, have you got anything else to say about Norwich? That's a really important point, because if we're struggling in the first half on Saturday, I'm not saying it'll become toxic, but, but the atmosphere could become, you know, it could become difficult. And it will be the first time in the new ground it has been. Um, and I think it's really important that we do get behind the team. I th- this is a game that, you know, there aren't must-wins at this game of the season, but... There are. No, there are. We need to win on Saturday because we need to get things back on track. For it to get toxic on, on Saturday would be just one of the most saddest moments I, I, I think I would see as, as, a, as a Brentford fan. And that's, that's not getting on my high horse and... You know, I know people are entitled to opinions and what have you, but if anyone, if anyone's even vaguely thinking of getting against this team after the start they've had, you need your head testing. You, you, you really, honestly do. You know, we, we've waited a lifetime to be here. Don't, don't ruin it for us. You know, it's to be, it's to be, it's to be. You know, it's precious. You know, just, just enjoy it. You know, it's, it's not going to go our way all the time. You know, we, we are still little Brentford in, in, in the biggest league in the, in the world. You know, if you if you can't accept defeat, um, you, you're supporting the wrong club. And I, I honestly don't don't ruin it for the rest of us because we 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 deserve our moment here. And I, I and I just it, honestly just for it to be ruined by our own people would be so 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 out of order. Score prediction: uh, Brentford to lose two one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, 
Det er, det er halvårdt. Det er halvårdt. Um, uh, nil, nil. I'm going to go... 3-1 Brentford. Yeah, so there you go. Look, this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. I just want to say quickly as well, we just mentioned the fact that we've got Chelsea, as you probably know, in the cup. Uh, we're playing on the Wednesday, just a few days before Christmas, actually. Is it the 22nd of uh, December we're playing them in the cup? Tickets are going to be going on sale. Uh, fingers crossed that tickets will be a reasonable price as well for season ticket holders. So uh, keeping our fingers crossed there, that'll be... Uh, and if they do that, the club will be giving us a very nice Christmas present. So fingers crossed they do that for us. Other than that, what we're going to say, because, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that Chelsea game probably maybe next week or whatever like that. Tell you what, don't forget, if you're, you've got your skybox, don't forget just to press the button, the, the microphone button... Like, you know what I'm saying? So you could do the old voice, you know, calling up and just say besotted and it'll bring up all your Brentford content on the Sky Plus box. And also, if you go to besotted.com, there's a little button on the right that says buy us a beer. Um, so it'd be very lovely if you bought us a beer because we really enjoy beer. <laughs> Drinking a beer here in the Globe as well. I said besotted.com forward slash beer. Thank you, everyone who's contributed to us. Again, thank you for everyone who's come up to us at Burnley and everyone like that saying you love the podcast, really appreciate your feedback. People have been writing in to us as well. Lots of writing in, writing in via the website, writing in via the email. There's lots of writing in and feedback as well. We'll come back to you on that one. So big thumbs up to you guys as well and girls as well, like I said to you. But um, other than that, like I said to you, after the match, we'll get the post-match podcast on Saturday. Sunday, we'll have the, we're going to record the weekend review, and that'll be out on Sunday night or Monday morning. And then we're into international break, where we're going to do our Her Game 2 podcast as well. So you should look out for that. So we've got lots going on, but I'm Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the Globe. Thank you very much for the Globe for putting up with us for such a lot. So we've got Champions League football, which is... a. Uh, Dana, you still got your Champions League um, flights booked for the Champions League? No, I'm going for the, uh, the conference thing. Oh, the conference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the Europa Conference. Yeah, Europa Conference. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. You've got the flights booked. Okay, that's good, you no, know. No, no flights booked. No. Yeah, just go and just, just go and camp out yeah, there forever. That's right, he's going to go for a train. Okay, because he's going green, actually, you know what I'm saying? Because if you've got green, it's all about the eco at the moment now. And uh, so you've got Lane in the house. Good evening. Okay, and we've got the Allard in the house. You've got your flights booked as well, or you're camping? Yeah, I'm ready ready to go, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no idea what we're talking about, has he? <laughs> Well, and, I'm, and I'm Billy Grant here and I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed myself sitting here gabbling on about that we're just trying to get this Burnley game out of our heads we're never going to talk about it ever again we've got Norwich coming up on Saturday we'll see you here in the pub on Saturday if you want to come down to the Globe you want to have a laugh you want to have a wide string and give it a Cody come on Burnley 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 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.